0: Oh, all right, now face the procession. <laughs> Don't mind the man behind the curtain. We gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have now loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways.
1: To the glory of your holy name.
0: Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, with endless mercy, you receive the prayers of all who call upon you. By your Spirit, show us the things we ought to do, and give us the grace and power to do them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite you to be seated for our lessons.
2: The reading from Isaiah, shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush? and to lie in sackcloth and ashes, will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to lose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring your homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break, through, break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the God shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like the watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Amen. A reading from 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within. So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's spirit, for they are foolishness to them. And they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The word of the Lord.
3: Lord, to whom shall we go you are the, words
4: of life. the Holy Gospel, according to Matthew, glory, glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. St. Paul writes, For I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel, Jesus talks about salt and light as ways to perhaps spice up the world with which we witness to. But Paul talks about the crucified Jesus. And I know that last Sunday, Pastor Jim and his sermon also talked about the crucified Christ. But I didn't know that until after I'd written this sermon. <laughs> so you're getting a double dose of the theology of the cross here. But we are stuck in First Corinthians here, uh, chapters 1 through 3, all during Epiphany, in which Paul talks a lot about the centrality of knowing that Christ has been crucified. I have decided, he says to the church at Corinth, to know nothing among you, nothing, except Christ crucified. And notice it's not Christ crucified and risen. It's just Christ crucified. Paul has a, Sort of strange relationship with First Lutheran Church in Corinth, a church that um, he just has had trouble with over time. A couple of weeks ago, we listened as he scolded them for all the factions and divisions that were rising among them. Some wanted to support him Paul, others preferred Apollos, others favored Cephas, another name for Peter... It's like people who like Pastor Tim better than me, or Pastor Jim, and then we have our John people over here. It's a problem when the church begins to center in something other than the crucified Christ. And so Paul lashes out out at them. He says to them, has Christ been divided? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were you baptized in my name? And then in one of the passages of Scripture that I think is really hilarious. And I know it's hard that when the lectors read the lessons, we're all supposed to behave and listen closely. But sometimes what they're reading is actually sort of funny. So if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you may have seen Pastor Tim and I sort of giggling at this passage in which Paul has had it with them. And he says to them, I am so glad that I didn't even baptize any of you None of you were baptized in my name. Thank God, he says, except, uh, oh, that's right. I did that one time, baptized Gaius and Christmas. But other than that, I didn't baptize one of you. Oh, there was the house of Stephanus. Yeah, there was Stephanus. about six people in that house. Okay, that, but that's it. It's sort of funny, don't you think? Sort of weird pastor church humor sort of way. You with, with me here? Paul is angry with the church at Corinth. He's so angry he can't even remember what pastoral acts he did there and to whom. He's tired of them choosing up sides and arguing with each other and forgetting the centrality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which begins and ends always for Paul with Christ being crucified on the cross. That's the point. According to Paul, it's his death, sacrifice, and life-giving atonement for the salvation of the world that matters. Nothing else Now let's keep it here for a second. Wouldn't most of us say, if asked, that what makes Jesus, Jesus, is that he was crucified and then rose from the dead, right? We are not stuck with just the crucifixion. Three days later, Jesus awakens from his death And arises in new life for the life of the world, right? But why is it that Paul wants to keep us here at the foot of the cross? Why does Paul, and by the way also Martin Luther, seem always to prefer Good Friday to Easter Sunday? Don't they like ham? (laughs) Don't they like a good Easter casserole? I mean, have you been to Good Friday service here at church? It's a little bit of a bummer. You know, it, it, it's a downer. It's all this death, death, suffer, suffer. And yet, for Martin Luther and for Paul, the theology of the cross is the heart of what it means to know and follow Jesus. That finally following Jesus is not about glory and victory and celebration, it's about sacrifice and defeat, and the giving up of oneself. Do you hear some of those words as Christ speaks to his followers today? That portion of the Gospel of Matthew, the Beatitudes, and this is sort of the tail end of the Beatitudes, in which he's trying to teach his disciples how he wants them to live. He reminds them they should be salt. Spice up the world. Be light. Don't put your light under a bushel. No, let it shine as the kids were singing at the last service. But then this, do not think, my disciples, my following ones, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To follow Jesus is not simply to have a party. There's work to be done. God's kingdom has not yet fully come to this earth. In between now and the time that Christ will surely come again, there's a lot of work to do. Sin and evil, despite the resurrection of Jesus, still exist in our world, do they not? Hunger, war, displacement of people, disease, hatred, arrogance, pride, and abuse, they're all still present. And to follow our Lord is not to raise the victory banner, but it's to take up the cross. It's always been tough sledding though for Christians, this little needling that Paul and often Martin Luther do. Yes, we live this side of Christ's resurrection from the dead, and we know that ultimately his life and love have won for people the endless joy and peace of eternal salvation, and yet, and yet, until our deaths, we must follow, obey, roll up our sleeves, and get to work for our Savior. The reason that Paul is so adamant about saying, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, is that there must have been some in the church of Corinth who didn't believe that. Maybe some people wanted to say, Christ is risen. Now I get to do anything I want. Heaven is mine. Do whatever you want. I'm free to be me. I don't need a church or Saint Paul telling me what to do. Do you see the danger here? Some people—no one here, of (laughs) course—but some people only see the grace of God and Jesus Christ as a get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't have to go to hell anymore. I'm all good. But what if it's more than that? What if it's also an opportunity or an invitation to serve yes we are not bound by our sins anymore we are free to live in a new way and now what is that way paul observed among his corinthian compadres that some had decided to live their lives as if they were still in captivity and allow their sin and their disobedience to shackle them once again and paul talks about a way out at the end of that long second lesson that Emily read to us, and the first lesson was no uh, short one either. We saved both long lessons for Emily because she does such a good job reading, so (laughs) I appreciate that. I have them marked on our calendar. The next one I think comes up on Pentecost, by the way, so we'll, we'll be ready for you. But listen to this last part again. I think it's really hard to understand. Paul writes, stick with me here, quote, We speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gift of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they themselves are subject to no one else's scrutiny. Got that? tough, isn't it? But what if we thought about it in this way? For Paul, being spiritual is to understand the ways in which God is moving in your life. Or to put it even more simply, Paul thinks that one who follows Christ, a believer, is a one who understands the power and gift of God's love and promise in their lives, is thankful for it, and does something about it. So what if we heard those words of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 like this? This is Pastor John's international translation. It will be published shortly. Watch for it in the bookstore. Verse 13 is simply this. Those who don't believe don't receive the gifts of God. The gifts of God are foolishness to them, and they're unable to understand them because they do not know God. But those who do believe understand God's gifts and live in a new way. Is that a little better? Or let me put it as simply as I can. What Paul and Jesus are asking us to do if we follow him is to remember the cross. It's the cross that shapes and forms us and saves us. It's Jesus, the Savior of the world, dying on that horrible implement of Roman torture that gives us life. Christ crucified equals salvation in life. It's about Christ's death for your life. And now, Paul would say, What are you going to do with it? In the name of the Father and of the Son
0: Let us confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, my only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary.
1: Lord, we come together to sing your praise and consider the wisdom shared in your word. Let this time be a blessing to us. Let us infect us and let us, let us spread the contagion of your love to all that we may meet in the days to come. God of grace, make us sincere in our faith. When we go about your work, be in our hearts. When we act, let it never be just for show. Isaiah tells us that you seek sacrifices that fight injustice, feed the hungry, and help those who are in need. When we do this, Lord, your healing power will flow among us. God of grace, help us choose our words carefully, make us slow to criticize, and quick to lend our support when we see people abandoned by friends over bad choices they have made. Let us extend your grace to those who regret their errors and seek acceptance and support. God of grace, Please send your blessing to those among us who suffer from pain or disease or who struggle with burdens that may not be able to see. Send your healing power to all and especially to those we name aloud or in our hearts. God of grace, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Send us forth with hearts shaped by a stronger faith reflecting the grace you have shown us and a deeper love for everyone in our lives. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you
0: always. I invite you to share that peace with those around you. announcements as we get started. Welcome, it's good to see everyone here. If you are joining us for the first time or first couple times and would like to have more information right in front of you in the pew, there's a little card. If you'd fill that out, we'd love to be in contact with you about uh, Prince of Peace and the ministries that exist here. We have been doing an awesome job of partnering with LRIS and ETSS to do refugee ministry uh, for Afghan refugees that are coming to this country uh, and resettling here in the greater Columbus area. We have a new opportunity. Last year we did a big collection. We're doing that same collection in a new way. So if you find yourself in the fellowship hall, you'll notice there's a big display there. There are particular items that are needed and we're looking for people to go out and purchase those items. We'd really like new items or very gently used if you get my drift here, right? We don't need the thing cleaned out of the closet anymore. We want something as someone who's establishing their house for the first time that they can rely on and they know how to use, okay? And so there's lots of different places for you to go and help out as you navigate this. This is a great way for you if you're looking for a way for your family to engage in talking about bigger issues around refugees or just kind of a daily mission trip as you're heading to the Targets and the Costcos and the Kroger's of the world already, a way that you can live out your faith in doing that. So I want to invite you to stop by there, pick up the little tag, sign your name on the corresponding sheet like the giving tree, and then bring it back to the shelf that exists there. Uh, We, after our worship service today, will be having the annual meeting of our church, This is a great opportunity to hear more about what the business and the life of the church that happens uh, throughout the year. We'll also be electing our council members that help to give guidance and vision for our congregation. And so we invite you to stay here as we uh, have our annual meeting. If you're looking for a fun night out on Friday, Kaylee O'Donnell, our program and events coordinator, is Opening up for the congregation, uh, an event of wine and small plates. We'll also have child care available as we uh, know some, of, some folks need that as they look to get out. It's a great, great way to kind of get to know other people. Uh, also, uh, just a fun night out. It's all on our web and uh, we're encouraging you to sign up today so we know how many bottles of wine to exactly buy for the event. Have you ever wondered what inflation is doing to hunger in our community? Have you ever thought about, why, don't we ha- why didn't we continue on the Universal Meal Program in our uh, schools in Ohio? We're having a lecture series on the 19th to talk about issues around hunger. And a couple of those issues might be brought up or things to think about in the Dublin community what hunger actually looks like. This is a great opportunity to come and hear firsthand from the executive director at Dublin Food Pantry, what's happening here in our local area. Nick Bates is gonna come alongside, talk about legislative issues that are much larger larger and broader, what the governor's budget looked like and how that might look for the state of Ohio and what, what are we trying to do here around hunger. So set your calendars, invite your family and friends, Sunday the 19th, At 4 p.m., we'll gather here and we'll talk about hunger in Ohio and Dublin. We continue in our worship with the giving of our tithes and our offerings. With all the choirs of angels, with the Church on- Blessed are you, O holy God. You are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be a light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your Son. He is your light, shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. In the night in which you was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread Remembering therefore his preaching and healing, his dying and rising, his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your Spirit, bless us and this meal, that refreshed with this heavenly food, we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered as one by the Holy Spirit, let us join in praying the prayer our Lord first taught us. Our Father, in heaven, be your name, your name.
1: Holy One, we thank you for the healing that springs forth abundantly from this table. Renew our strength to do justice, love kindness, and journey humbly with you. Amen. Go in peace. Follow the way of Jesus.